You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. We would be honored if you would join us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Damn Dolphins Podcast. The Damn Dolphins Podcast. The Damn Dolphins Podcast. Hey, And. Yes. He yeah. says it real life all the time. Like, I always wanted to say it. Yeah, I think this is the first time I ever said hey during the podcast. But um, this is one of the days, um, well, during this week, since the Dolphins uh, shellacking against the Bills 35 nothing. This is why we... Uh, this is why we named our podcast the Damn Dolphins Podcast. For times like these, when nothing is going well, and we could just rant about our team and, and about everything that's going wrong. Because some, sometimes, like me and Rob, we're, we're just so jaded as Dolphins fans, where like when things are going right, we're still, we're still kind of step, skeptical and not buying into things. And when things are going wrong, we were just like, yep, see, we knew it. We knew things were going wrong. Everything's just going to collapse. Everything that we complained about finally came home to roost. Um, so the Dolphins lost 35 to nothing to the Bills. Um, coming off of that week one win up in Foxborough against the Patriots, things looked like they were trending in the right direction a little bit. Uh, and we come back home, season opener at home, and we just lay an egg. Nothing went right. Uh, Tua goes out in the first quarter. Jakeem Grant's putting the ball on the ground again. Devontae Parker went up for a touchdown and bounced off his hands. Jalen Waddle muffed the punt. Alvin, Albert Wilson was dropping passes. It was it was just it was just awful. The uh, offensive line couldn't block anybody. They got Tua hurt. Jacoby Brissett comes in. They couldn't protect him either. It was just it was just an it was just an all around just bad game by coaching by players by everybody except the defense because the defense played their asses off life is hard but it's harder when you're dumb fellas the dolphins are playing dumb football rob what are your thoughts on this game man that was that was a disaster like this it's definitely one of those games that dude it's one of those games where we were just bad bro (laughs) We are bad. That offensive line is terrible. Once again, the offensive line is bad. <coughs> I swear to God, like every Miami cannot figure out how to fix that position, that that unit, and, it, and it's annoying. And like Austin Jackson looks like he's regressing. Um, Liam Eikenberg, who I'm very still high on. I mean, they can't figure him out right now. <clears throat> and this was just a bad game. I'm not saying I predicted this would happen, but what a disaster that was. We couldn't do diddly-poo offensively. We couldn't make a first down. We couldn't run the ball. We didn't try to run the ball. We couldn't complete a pass. We <laughs> the second half, we we couldn't stop the run. Every time they got the ball, they went down and got points. We got our totally kicked in the second half. 
That's what it boiled down to. It was a horse performance in the second half. Like, it was bad. And then you lose, t- and then two, you lose Tua. Tua gets knocked out, and it's just great. The the stigma about Tua's uh, injury issues during his football career it started to be very apparent. Well, that's never good. And yeah, it was, it, it was a disaster game to watch. Yeah, man. Um, the the biggest takeaway I I took from this game was like, the yeah, the offensive line was the cause and root of all our problems. Um, the root of all the root of all evil. The root, the root, the root of, of all evil. evil. Offense, offense. Uh, should we just should we just call them uh, the root of all evil because we can't call them the deflector shield. <laughs> Because they don't deflect anybody. The deflector shield. The deflector shield. The deflector shield. So anyway, they are no, no, no. You're right. Let's let's let's. They are now known as the root of all evil. The root of all evil. So, and because of the root of all evil, uh, Tua could not do anything with the ball. Brissett couldn't do anything with the ball. I know a lot of fans are are thinking about putting a uh, Reed Sinet in. Instead of Jacoby Brissett, but he's not going to be able to do anything if he can't get any blocking. Uh, the root of all evil. Uh, <laughs> the root of all evil started. I mean, a long time ago, probably <laughs> like towards the end of the Sperano era. In a galaxy far away. And it, yeah, yeah, and it, and then. It started the late great Tony Sperano era, but uh, as far as uh, 2021 goes. It all started in training camp and the preseasons, and it was apparent during that first uh, Bears game in Chicago that uh, Jesse Davis and Austin Jackson were having trouble with guys around the edge protecting Tua uh, against the Falcons. It was better, but then again, the Falcons didn't play any of their starters. Then during the Bengals, it was better. But then uh, against the, the Patriots, it reared its ugly head once again. And Tua was was pressured a decent amount in that game. One of those pressures caused him to drop uh, drop back, scramble backwards, and launch one uh, down the field for a bad interception uh, in that game. That almost cost us the game. And now in this game like literally i like i'm so tired of people blaming tua for this saying oh he's not good he's a pocket passer uh, the league's changing blah 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 you can't do anything you need someone more mobile to make plays on his own like that's not necessarily true um but getting back to the offensive line there like dude how do you expect him to do anything cuz we all know tua is a pocket passer we know he doesn't have that athleticism but there's tons of guys in the league that can't run around and and get the job done with a great offensive line. And yeah, Tua doesn't have that right now, but it doesn't mean he doesn't have qualities that will make him a good quarterback someday when the team is giving him adequate protection. So, yeah, so Jesse Davis and Austin Jackson, they're 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 not getting the job done right now. And it's it's a weird thing because it's like Austin Jackson started off as like a raw guy. He didn't ne- necessarily have the best rookie season last year, but he was, he, he was the worst out of all the. Other. Let's be real. We drafted. There was a reason why he was the last first round offensive lineman in that in that very deep offensive line draft. Yeah, clearly, and it's clearly showed because 
Makai Beckham and Tristan Wharfs and some dude I think Cleveland drafted are much better than Austin Jackson right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he, he's been regressing. But it's also surprising to see Jesse Davis uh, like having a bad s- uh, season as well because he's played at tack- uh, left and right tackle at times in his past, and he, and he actually seems to do a decent job at it. And this season, I don't know if it's his knee bothering him or what, uh, but he's not – He's he's not having a good year either, and it's also curious to see whether the play of those two regressing has anything to do with the Dolphins' uh, new offensive line coach, who was like one of the one of the assistants last year, but now he got the uh, the head offensive line coach now, and maybe just so much changes with the assistant coaching staff over the years, like creates some sort of instability and it leads to these things. Cause maybe the old offensive line coach was teaching these guys, uh, certain protections, um, in, in certain looks. And maybe now that they have a new one, maybe he's teaching them different things. And then also Michael Dieter, the center, he even admitted that maybe to, a and Tua and him are pointing out the same guy to, you know, call and make their protection calls. But then all of a sudden they might, you know, Tua might think the, the protection is going to be one way. But then Michael Dieter makes calls to his lineman, making it something different. And then Tua's caught off guard or vice versa. And then things don't go well. So it could be that. It could be many things. But, it, I mean, they're, they're, they're just not playing well. And yeah, I don't I don't know what else to say. And the um, wide receiver, as far as the wide receivers go, I mean they had a lot of drops, but that's not really characteristic of them. The brutal and, boys. So our, so our wide receiver core is the brutal boys, and our offensive line is the brutal boys. Yeah. And yeah, so I mean I think the wide receivers will bounce back because I mean. I know Jakeem Grant doesn't have the best hands, but I don't even want him on the field anyway because I know he's going to drop the ball. He doesn't make any sort of plays as a receiver. But but Jalen Waddle, you know, like him muffing the punt, yeah, whatever. But no, nothing was going right that day. The Devontae Parker, he's going to get his hands back. He's not really known for dropping easy passes like that. Um, so, and – to uh, you know, now he's got a rib injury, and I don't know when we're gonna see him again. Maybe in a couple weeks. First, it was uh, supposed to be bruised ribs. Now it's fractured ribs. So, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe with bruised ribs, maybe he could skip this game and get back in into the next game the following week. But now that he's got fractured ribs, like he might be out for you know up to a handful of weeks. Maybe mm-hmm. you never know. Oh, uh, so boy. that's not good for the Dolphin season. This is going to be one very long season if everything keeps up like this. This is so. This is so unbelievable. And I guess what bothers me the most is that we do this super tank for these these really really high draft picks, and who has truly popped so far? The reason I'm bringing this up because, you know, we there's always the argument about, you know, 
Should you pay for players? Uh, what do you do? You just trade away for more draft picks. I get the idea behind it, but like, let's be real. Let's let's look at Miami's situation right now. I just want to point this out. Miami had Laramie Tunsil, who was at one point considered to be the top overall draft pick until he dropped in the draft due to that photo of that bong pick. And not James Bond. I'm talking about freaking smoking weed out of a bong pick. Um, and we also had Minka. Your feelings for them are strong. And we essentially traded those guys away for essentially getting Austin Jackson and no equanimity. All too easy. And like we mentioned... Austin Jackson wasn't even the best offensive lineman coming out. He was like the fifth best. He was the, he was the biggest project out of all those guys that were drafted. That is correct, Commander. And you know, Iguanamity, everybody agreed was a reach. <laughs> everybody thought it was the wrong pick. And so far in two games, he's been a healthy scratch in his second year. He's as clumsy as he is stupid. A first-round guy, by the way. But we couldn't figure out how to use Minka. Thoughts, Michael? Yeah. Hernandez, the fourth. Uh, yeah. <laughs> couldn't figure out how to use Minka, even though it was just obvious. Put him at free safety. He's going to get the ball. And that's, what, that's what happens when he went to the Steelers. <laughs> it's not hard. The Dolphins wanted to play him uh, everywhere else. They wanted to play him at nickel. They wanted to make him a strong safety. Fitzpatrick was just like, this is not good for my career by the time I get to be a free agent. This is not going to help me get a big contract. And he asked Brian Flores to put him at free safety. And Flores never did until the Ravens game came. And then Fitzpatrick didn't know what he wanted to do. As Well, I mean, he didn't know what, what to do on the field when by the it's time that game come because he wasn't practicing at that position. And Flores literally, like, set him up to fail, and that's why the Ravens threw all over us in that game. And then they traded him away to the Steelers, and then he had, like, nine interceptions in a Pro Bowl appearance. I mean, sometimes sometimes this team literally has no idea what they're doing. Um, yeah. as, as, far as, as far as the first-rounders that aren't working, I mean, yeah, we already – Tua, there's so many narratives going against Tua right now, and I'm still hopeful that when he does have the protection, he's going to be throwing it all over the place. The force is with him. Um, Austin Jackson, we talked about him regressing. I don't think we got to elaborate on that anymore. Uh, he, he was also known as a very raw but talented uh, left tackle coming out of that draft. And Noig Monogany, I never liked that pick. Didn't make any sense I, to me. You know, we I tend know. to we you know you know Mike, you and I tend to disagree on like draft picks all the time, mm. what they should do. But we both were that Noig Monogany pick. We both were like, why did you draft that guy? Yeah. You need a running back. And the, and the whole Miami's, thing is that Miami still can't run the ball. Yeah, the, well, the whole thing is that, like, I think Brian Flores at the time said something about, oh, you can never have any defensive backs. And then all of Dolphin Nation ate that up and used it as the defense of why we picked Noah Igbenogany. One, I didn't like Noah Igbenogany. One, because I didn't really hear about him. 
I'm not a draft expert or anything, but I didn't really know anything about the guy. Two, I didn't. I thought running back was a bigger issue for for the team. And three, uh, it just seemed like a luxury pick on a raw cornerback who, at a time when we we just gave Xavier Howard an extension, we just signed Byron Jones through free agency. So you're going and you just had Nick Needham coming off of a strong 2019 campaign. So you had your two perimeter quarter and corners and your nickelback. And now you're drafting another corner in in the first round as like a luxury pick. And yeah, maybe he'd he'd beat out uh Nick Needham, but he didn't have to go there in the first round. Plus, he was really, really raw. Like I and and when I looked him up and looked against, I look I, I looked up against the bigger schools that he played against, and he had trouble going against. I think I think the Alabama receivers and the LSU receivers that year, maybe even the Gator receivers. I'm I, I don't really remember if they played the Gators that year or not. But he was getting burned by like some of the top receivers that were coming out of that draft as well. So it was really weird that they wanted to draft him. And, and yeah, like they talked about like, oh, yeah, he's got athleticism and he could, he could provide run support because he's very physical. And then the run support's nice, but it's just like I'm not drafting a corner because he's going to provide good run support when he's really raw as a corner. And he gets beat downfield. Like it just seemed like a project to me, and it just seemed like this guy needed a lot to learn about the cornerbacks position. And now he's an active uh, from from week one to week two during training camp. He was getting beat by Alan Hearns and Isaiah Ford. Isaiah Ford <laughs> runs like a four seven, so it's not like he's very fast. And Isaiah Ford has been cut and waved and brought back onto this team like ever since he's been drafted and Alan Hearns has bounced around the league with with injury problems and and Benogany couldn't even stick with those guys so I hated that pick and I still hate that pick and I don't think Benogany needs any more time to learn the position even though all, all of Dolphins Nation seems to be like oh yeah let's give him more time he needs more time he needs more time like, dude, how much how much time do you need to, to figure out how to how, how to cover a receiver in a man to man defense? <laughs> That's all it is. I mean, so he's trash. Don't act so surprised, Your Highness. Uh, maybe maybe out of that draft, maybe the Dolphins learn not to draft raw projects in the first round. Maybe they want some guys that are a little bit more solid and a little bit. Uh, more uh, for sure things, and then um, as as far as the 2021 first runners go, Jalen Waddle, I still like him. He had a strong camp, but man, the the last two weeks, I mean, he had that one drop in against the against the Patriots, and then against the Buffalo Bills, he had the muff punt. I think he also had a drop, and Jalen Phillips. Where the hell is Jalen Phillips? First round pick. I I, I barely seen you know, him on the field. You know what's funny? 
Jalen Picks got picked higher than Gregory Rousseau. Gregory Rousseau is actually looking really good so far. Yeah, but how are they using Greg Rousseau right now? I think they use him as a pass rusher. Just like Oh. Well, there you go. They they literally were they were, remember they were both they were both young teammates, you know that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. But that's a th- that's another thing about uh, how the Dolphins want to use some of their first-rounders and some of their more talented players. Like, I understand that Jalen Phillips did play linebacker at UCLA, but I but and then at UME played defensive end, and Brian Flores likes the versatile guys and versatile defense and all that stuff. But, like, I, I told Rob this, like, like a little bit after Jalen Phillips was drafted. I'm like, one, I don't think he's as good as a, of a pass rusher as everybody says he is because when he had to play – when he had to compete against good offensive lines in his final year, he only had, like, one and a half sacks. And then, two, the way – the Dolphins are using him between defensive end and linebacker. I don't think you're ever going to get that return value as a first round pick. So, but you yeah. still want you still wanted to take um, this guy, the running back from Alabama, and I, I, he hasn't he hasn't been like anything special either. Yeah. They, they well, can't he, yeah. he hasn't been anything special, but you know he's going to be good if he could get some holes to run through. And maybe this guy will get better too. But right now, we're talking smack about no equanimity because he's been a healthy scratch as a first-round talent in his second year. No, he needs more time, Robbie. He needs more time to be inactive. He needs more time to be inactive. I mean, the guy has literally fallen and fallen. (laughs) Like, ever since being drafted, man. Like, like, think about it. He couldn't, he couldn't learn the intricacies of being a nickel cornerback his rookie season. So then they were like, "Oh, we're gonna make him per- a perimeter corner," and and that's great. But then he's playing behind Xavier Howard and Byron Jones, and so when is he ever gonna see the field as a first rounder? And now after this past training camp, he fell to like third team. He probably only made the team because he had that one deflection late in the Bengals game against a bunch of third and fourth stringers. I mean, and then he's been inactive for weeks one and two. So where's that first round value being? When when, when are we going to see that? I don't think he's ever going to rise as that. I think they're keeping him because he was a first rounder and they don't want to admit that the guy is a total bust. That's what I think. And as far as Tua goes, because there's hey, so much- hey, you know, you know who's not a bust, Isaiah, Isaiah Wilson. Oh, Isaiah Wilson, another guy we took a chance on. Another He's first bust, runner that though. got cut by the Titans. He yeah. didn't get cut by the Titans. The Titans literally told told us, "Please have him. Please take him. Please take him for free." <laughs> and we're like, "Yeah, yeah, we'll trade for him because 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 ever since we we traded for him." Giving up a late round pick for him, we also give up late round picks for a bunch of other, like really bad linemen from other teams throughout this off season That's that true. don't seem to work. Uh, but yeah, but I don't know. It's too soon to say on on uh, on him too. I mean, he was. So he's not he a bust. He only he's not a bust. He only played three plays. How do we know? He only played three plays as a first rounder, and the Titans, <laughs> the Titans just saw him as as a as a seventh round pick by the end of it. So, but how do we know? 
And the Dolphins cut him after that. So it's because he didn't want to come to any of the meetings. But how do we know? Not a bust. Not a bust. So anyway, let's talk about Tua because I am a I'm an, I, I don't know if I'm a Tua believer, but I, I'm, a, I'm a guy who will give so many benefits of the doubts to Tua after the strong training camp that he had and how he performed in the preseason. Like, I think the guy gets it. And unfortunately, he has no blocking to, to just show off his talent as a passer. And I know the league is changing, and that's what people say about it, that they're running, but that you have to have a running quarterback and all this other stuff. But that's not necessarily true because Tom Brady has a wall in front of him. And he's Mom. like, what is he, like 43 years old now, 44 years old? He's, he's playing uh, lights I, out. I'm, yeah, I'm with you on that. I don't believe that crap either. Yeah, Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford's a pocket passer. He's not known for running. He's he's on the Rams in front of a good O line now. He's throwing darts all over the place. He's in a good O line and a great offensive system. So you're gonna see the best out of this guy. And I and I'm with you, bro. I I, I hate hearing oh the league has changed. It's a you have to be more athletic. You have to be running quarterback. Blah 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 blah. Oh please, okay. But you don't have to make. But you don't have to be. Dude, because you just, can make it work saw, by, by having saw, a good protection, too. We saw Tom Brady at, like, 100 years old win the Super Bowl convincingly. Okay? I saw Peyton Manning on with a broken freaking neck on one leg and no feeling in his fingers win the Super Bowl. I, I don't want to hear... Oh, the, you got to be the super athletic. What? Oh gosh, what? What? Uh, that is that is all. That is all just media bullcrap. Okay, okay. What well, wins Super Bowl? What quarter quarterbacks? You know how many athletic quarterbacks fail miserably because they're just all about their athleticism and nothing more. What wins football games is pocket presence. Throwing it in the pocket, making clutch passes, controlling the offense, audible when you have to, and being a, a great leader and a great mentor, and showing the team that as long as you're under center, you're gonna win. That's why, that's why we we literally Tampa Bay with the same roster could not win with Jameis Winston, who by the way is pretty athletic and but he throws a. A, a billion interceptions. You replace him with literally a, a hundred-year-old man, and the hundred-year-old man was just better and won a Super Bowl. And he's never been an athletic quarterback. Doing right. the quotation in my fingers. But he threw for forty-something touchdowns that year. Yeah, because he had a because he's a talented quarterback. He's still one of the greatest quarterbacks ever, and he had a great team. Yeah, but but that's my point. It's just like you just cer- certain guys can get it done for you, but you have to put the, the, the supporting cast around him. I mean, look at I Big mean, Ben. Look, look at Big Ben before before his elbow injury uh, like a couple years ago. Like, he was airing it out all over the place. He looked fantastic. He was like one of those quarterbacks that was like on that like fringe elite status. Like, that's how good he would just run that offense and just throw it down the field. He has an in- elbow injury. By the time he comes back, the offensive line is old, aging and old, and he, like a lot of people, are knocking him now. But at the same time, he 
that like statistically he didn't have that bad of a year. He threw for thirty touchdowns and like ten interceptions. Like in Lamar Lamar's MVP year wasn't that far off from that. But because Big Ben can't run around and he had that bad offensive line, everybody thinks he's done. It's like, dude, like he literally he, he literally like kept them alive that entire season on his own. Because they couldn't run the ball, and they couldn't pass protect, and they couldn't run block, and he was the only reason on Sundays why they would have a chance. And look at Baker Mayfield, two two years ago when his own line was was really really shaky, he had a bad season, <clears throat> and now look, he has a whole wall in front of him, and everybody okay he okay let me start over because two years ago when his O line was shaky. He was getting sacked and throwing inaccurately and all and all this stuff. And everybody was low on the Browns. Everybody said, oh, the Browns are phony. Oh, Baker Mayfield's a fraud. They need to get rid of him, blah, 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 blah. And then last year he gets a monster O-line. And they have a good season. They go, they go to the playoffs. They beat the Steelers. And now they come into the season as a deep playoff slash Super Bowl contender. And everybody's like – Every, and like almost everybody is like back on the Mayfield bandwagon now. I'm not. Uh, okay, maybe not you, maybe not me, but there's a lot. There's a lot of people who are saying that like, oh, Baker Mayfield's going to be good now. But that's the thing. It's just like Baker Mayfield is like the best person I can compare it to because he's he's short like Tua is, and he doesn't have like a great running around athletic ability as Tua is. But if you put Tua not. behind that Browns offensive line and you pair him with Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham and whoever else they have, like he's going to, he'd probably even be better than Baker Mayfield. I agree. And, and with J- uh, Kareem Hunt and, and Nick Chubb running behind him. Like, like don't, don't tell me two is bad because you could literally switch out him for Baker and he, he's going to have immediate success. And that, that's what I can't stand about people now. It's just like people are so impatient. People are willing to blame the quarterback when, when, when this, this, the, the Dolphins' problems on Sunday and heading into the season has nothing to do with Tua Tagovailoa. It goes, it goes beyond that. It's, it's, it has something to do with the offensive line and the tackles that can't block. I'm done. Robbie? Um, I definitely agree with you. I think if you put Tua on that Brown team, Tua will be looking like a, a mega star right now. I think Tua is now. I now I have to be fair, and I'm gonna be fair. I in the two games I saw Tua play, I didn't see the special I was hoping to see. Just being fair. Now he he has now he's had awful offensive line support, without a doubt. There's no denying it. The first two games, they are not they are not protecting him well at all. Um, they can't even run the ball either. No, oh, how, how, how's that working out, by the way? They still can't run the ball. The offense is very hit or miss. I mean, it's 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 just a, it's just the same issues every year. Like I don't understand why we can never solve some of these issues. Why is it that I see these other teams that go from like worst worst to first? I, I mean, it's just it makes no sense to me whatsoever. It's, it's annoying. I, I I don't understand how I don't understand how 
in all these years, we still have the same issues all the time, regardless of who the quarterback is under center. It's always a battle line. Oh, yeah. Now I'm gonna I am gonna be real. I, I he hasn't played that amazing, which I'm just gonna be honest, my honest opinion from what I see. But he's also have had really bad support. And that that, that game against Buffalo showed it. They they literally cannot they can't do anything right right now. It's annoying. It's a joke. I know. It's 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 really it's really really bad. And every and every and their whole like dime a dozen approach. Their whole like let's wait on a running back. We'll find one late in the draft, and or like we'll just pick one up on the I don't know on the free agency market or something like that. But like, dude, like you're running an RPO offense and you can't even run the ball. You can't even establish. The, the uh, the first part of the, the the first letter of the word run, like and how are you, how are you supposed to pass off of that? You can't. I mean, I like Miles Gaskin, I like Salvin Ahmed, but and maybe they can do something for you if you have a monster offensive line in front of them. But like right now, it's just like you, they literally can't do anything on offense. Like show me show me the special on offense right now, because they're special on defense. You got Xavier Howard there. You got Byron Jones there. Those are like two man-to-man lockdown guys. You have a veteran and safe, uh, veteran safety and Jason McCourty, who you brought from the Patriots. You got like a lot of depth there. You got Javon Holland there, like coming in now. Eric Rowe was locking down tight ends last year. I mean, you got Raekwon Davis, who's kind of still out for a couple weeks, but he started coming along really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's 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 more playmakers on the defensive side than you have on offense, because as much as as much as we as Dolphins fans like the wide receiver court and what like what the talent we have there is, like realistically, Devontae Parker is still not a star in this league. Uh, Jakeem mm-hmm. Grant, as as long as he's been there, has literally done nothing as a receiver, even with all the speed that he has. I can't even imagine, I can't even think of him catching any deep ball, off the top of my head. And okay. and Albert Wilson's been there for a couple of years, and yeah, we like his talent, but he's been dropping the ball in the regular season now. Preston and, Williams is that what you said? Uh, uh, Albert Wilson, and yeah, oh, and okay. Preston Williams. Uh, I don't know. He's been he's been gone ever since he got injured so far. Yeah, he he's talented, but he drops too many balls, and he's been injury prone like crazy. Yeah, but that's my point. Is like no nobody nobody as a wide receiver is established right now. Jalen Waddle is a first round pick, but at the same time, it's like maybe he could be a good player, but he doesn't necessarily look like a true like number one wide receiver for a team. You're a number one wide receiver for a team. No, I'm not. I'm an idiot who apparently never knows what he's talking about. That is correct, Commander. <laughs> anyway, so um, so yeah, uh, heading into the Raiders game, uh, as. I mean, it just seems to me like the Dolphins got a tough test in front of them. The Raiders are coming off two pretty strong wins against AFC North teams. The week one, they built, they beat the 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 Raider, uh, the Ravens. They, they beat Lamar Jackson, who everybody still raves about. 
Um, and they got they got to him. They made him fumble twice. Uh, the, the next week they go into Steelers country and they take care of business against Big Ben and, and against a tough defense. Derek Carr is playing really, really good right now. And their defense, it used to be really, really awful and atrocious, uh, atrocious a couple years ago or for the last like handful or so of years. But now, I mean, it looks like it's pretty good. I mean, they've been getting to the quarterback. They caused Lamar Jackson to fumble. They sacked Big Ben twice. I mean, they. I think. I think they're only allowing like twenty-two points per game. So, hey, the Raiders. I, I don't think the Raiders are a joke. I don't know how. I, I don't know if I'm totally sold on them, but they're a pretty good team, and they got a lot more going for them right now than the Dolphins do. Because the Dolphins are going to be missing the starting quarterback. They got offensive line issues. They're literally going to be playing musical chairs until that game on Sunday starts. Because they want to like try moving Jesse Davis back to guard, or Liam Eigenberg uh, to tackle or to guard, or bounce Robert Hunt back out to, to right tackle. They don't know what they want to do. So there's a lot of questions on offense, and the Raiders are a 2-0 team that just seem to have a lot more going for them than the Dolphins do at this moment in time. So unless we can play strong defense and get some sort of adequate protection where Jacoby Brissett can at least manage the game, maybe we get a couple turnovers and maybe a touchdown or two and hopefully come out with a win. But right now, the Raiders are just... I, I just think they're running at full throttle. I mean, Derek Carr looks like one of the better quarterbacks in the league right now. He's got weapons. He's really in tune with that offense. Darren Waller is like a tight end no one could cover. So, I don't know. I'm expecting a loss. That's my prediction, Robbie. I find your lack of faith disturbing. I'm expecting a win. Oh, hey <laughs> I got to disagree with Mike all the time. That's how I roll, bro. That's how I roll. Not all the time. We spend, we spend a lot of time agreeing with each other. Like when we don't agree with each other, it's insane. Um, what was I saying? So, so an interesting stat I found out: the Raiders have Raiders. The first three games are against teams that last year won ten games or more, including us. Uh, teams, teams that deal with that gauntlet for the first three games of a new season, they never win all three games. So, so something to consider. Um, I actually now, if Tua was playing, I think it would be more of a gimme. I do think a mix of the mix of the Raiders, like early success and Miami's disastrous uh, game last week, I think it's you making betters think otherwise. I personally, I personally think. That uh, I think Miami is going to upset them. I think I think I think the Raiders will eventually lay an egg. I think this is going to be the game that happens. I think Miami, like I said, that game we saw, that game you were there in person. Mike Mike was actually at that game. Um, that's one of those games where you take that footage, you destroy that footage, you burn it to the ground, and you never speak of it again. You move on. And I think they're going to move on. I think they are going to bounce back. I think Jacoby Brissett 
have shown that he could be a, a manual game manager. I think he'll be fine as long as he doesn't make any mis- major mistakes. He'll be fine. Um, I I believe in, I, I I believe we will bounce back, and I think we're gonna beat the Raiders. I, I don't know. I, I'm not super so look. I've, I've the Raiders are one of those teams that I think when they win, they get a lot of media attention because they're the Raiders. It's like the, it's like the Cowboys. They're just one of those teams that I think gets a little too much attention when everything goes their way. And I think that's what's happening right now. And I don't know. I, I need to see more. I, I'm still not super sold on them yet. I like Raiders are like those teams that like they'll start off pretty good and then they flounder somehow. I I've, I've, I used to see it with the Dolphins all the time, honestly. Uh, so I'm not sold. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. Maybe maybe I'm just being uh, maybe I'm just being such a homer right now. But I'm gonna go with the Dolphins with the upset. I think they do have a bounce back game. I think they get their crap together. I think they're gonna kind of find their ways. It is gonna it is gonna be a long season. Who knows how long Tua is going to be out. Um, here's hoping it's not a very long time away. But this is... Um, this ain't good. This ain't nope. good. It's not good. And I'll tell you why. Because well, it's not so much about the Raiders... Offense, because I feel like our defense is is so good. I mean, outside of pressuring the quarterback, our defense is so good that we could literally. I feel like we could literally contain any sort of offense and limit them. It's the it's the offensive side of the ball that I'm worried about, and the Raiders on their defensive oh, side of the ball the are like, yeah, the Raiders. They're like second in QB knockdowns. <laughs> They got five sacks, which ranks 10th, and they have, like, 25 pressures, which ranks, like, 5th. Interesting. So, like, they're they're really getting guys to pressure the quarterback with their front seven, and that's something that, on the other side of the ball, like, the Dolphins uh, are having really a lot of trouble with pressuring the quarterback. They only have two sacks in two games. Uh, Jerome Baker used to be a guy uh, to create pressure on the quarterback. He used to blitz a lot. But this So far this season, they haven't used him that much in that area. And the problem with Jerome Baker is that they give him that contract extension over the offseason. And uh, that ex- that extension, I didn't necessarily have a problem with it. But I was just like, man, that's a lot of money for Jerome Baker. And aside from him being good in coverage – and blitzing a quarterback, like I think he's good, but I don't know if I don't know if he's worth that money exactly. And so far this season, he hasn't been that great in coverage either. We've seen him get burned, um, you know, once or twice in the Patriots game, and then a couple times in this past Bills game too. So it's like he's not even playing well. So, I mean, I don't know, man. It's it doesn't look. For me, I'm low on the Dolphins right now. It's just stocked up. It's, it's stocked down on the Dolphins until they solve that offensive line issue and, and until Tua's back. Uh, that's that's just how I am, man. Because we need we need Tua back. We need you need your starting quarterback back. 
And, uh, yeah. So, I don't know. I'm predicting a loss there. Robbie is predicting a win. And now we go to our next topic. Yeah. And we only got like we only got about 15 minutes left of the show. So, let's talk a little bit about our favorite boy, the next Dan Marino, Zach Wilson of the New York Jets. And we've been talking about Zach Wilson the last couple weeks because we've just been keeping up with him because <laughs> one, we hate the Jets, and two, uh, Tony Romo said he was going to be the next Dan Marino. <laughs> so uh, we've just been <laughs> tracking Zach Wilson because when the Dolphins play bad, it's nice to know that the Jets still suck. So yeah, no Zach, matter what, at least we're not the Jets. Yes. <laughs> so, um, okay. So the next Dan Marino against the Patriots, who also won twenty-five to six, completed nineteen of twenty-three, nineteen of thirty-three passes for two hundred and ten yards and four interceptions with the great, zero. The great Zach Wilson, who Tony Romo said was the next Dan Marino. He's going to be just as good as Aaron Rodgers, who is, by the way, he has a 55% completion percentage, a 56 passer rating, um, two touchdowns to five interceptions, and been sacked 10 times. And on, and on last on, Sunday, he took another four sacks. Now, not all his fault. His, his, the Jets are still the Jets. It's just that I'm telling him about this. I'm telling Mike about this. I even told my brother about this uh, recently. I'm just tired of hearing conversations. I, I, I think the whole this quarterback's going to be the next this is, is one of the laziest takes media people do now. It's literally just an excuse to have a story to talk about, and when they do actually get it right, when they they barely ever do, they can brag about it for the rest of their lives. And it's so annoying. It's it's, it's actually comments like those that makes me like dislike uh, Tony Romo. Uh, <coughs> You've always hated Tony Romo. I always did. And I, I don't I don't like him. I never liked him as a football player. I don't even like him as an announcer. I know I know everybody. I like I liked him as both, except for when he said the next Dan Marino was gonna be the next Dan look, Marino. Look, I'm gonna just say this again. I've brought this up before in the show, and I'll say it again. We need QBR of a nine point two. We need to stop. Can we? Can we stop calling these young guys who haven't even played an NFL snap yet the next this, the next that? Remember when everybody was remember everybody was like, Dan Reno should let Tua wear his number. All of a sudden, a year and two games, a year and two games later, we all want to trade Tua for a dude who potentially sexually assaulted 20 women. Yeah, you, these were these were the same people that were like, "Damn, Reina should let him wear his number." Stop. And like, I'm just tired of hearing stuff like, "Oh, he's gonna be the next this." Oh, Mac Jones is gonna be the next Tom Brady. 
oh, Joe Burrow's gonna be the next everybody. Um, stuff like that. It's just, it drives me nuts. I, I've even Colin Cowherd has called Zach Wilson Johnny Manziel. Even I find that insulting. So you're you're basically saying that Zach Wilson. You're saying, you're saying Zach Wilson's gonna have an alcoholic drug issue and be gone from the league after like two years, but that, that's insane. Like stop it, like please stop doing these comparisons with these, these quarterbacks. They're no one no one's the same. You can't be the next this or the next that. But you can only be your own self. Just be yourself. Stop trying to be something you know deep down you'll never Zach Wilson is not going to be Dan Marino. Dan Marino was literally Dan Marino literally took over the league in, in a few games and then in his sophomore year broke every record you can think of in 1984. Back when defensive back could piggyback wide receivers. Okay? <laughs> this guy has looked terrible in two games. In an era where all quarterbacks are throwing for 4,000 yards. Bizarro Marino. He's not even he's not even Bizarro Marino. He's he's just Zach Wilson. He's just some guy from BYU that somehow during the season got a lot of love. And I don't know, man. It's just one of those situations. Four for four. <laughs> Equal interception to sack ratio. It's, it's against it's, the Patriots. It's annoying. It's it's annoying. <laughs> it's um I don't even want to talk about this kid anymore because nothing's gonna happen. He's gonna have a really bad rookie year because his team sucks. What was that? Yep. I mean I kinda do feel bad for him, but <laughs> we we gotta do something, man. The Jets suck this year. Woo! It's about the only joy I can take from Sunday. Yeah, no, really I agree. I agree. I mean, some, the negative part is, is that the Patriots some, some, won, but whatever. Sometimes I wish. Uh, sometimes I wish they still have Adam Gase because you know they will never win with him. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, by the way, I saw him today. You saw Adam Gase. Yep, I saw Adam Gase today. I wish you yep. would just tell him how you feel. No, can't, can't do it. <laughs> can't do it. Mike's a nice guy. No, I see. Uh, uh, I'm a bartender and. Uh, since we don't have enough, uh, a lot of listeners, uh, I just, I, I just got to repeat. I am a bartender, and from time to time, I see some interesting people at my job. Yes. Yep. So, the only, the only, anyway. the only, the only famous person. Well, wait. I met Justice Justice Winslow once when I was working at Target. That was pretty cool. I took a photo with him. Uh, Justice right. Winslow. Justice Winslow was a former Heat player. He, he was first round pick. Uh, a lot of pick didn't really work out with us. We ended up trading him away uh, for Andre Iguodala and Jay Crowder, which was the big trade that probably helped us get to the finals that year. Um, <coughs> met him once. Uh, the only other like famous athlete I can think of that I actually met, you know, this is actually a, this is actually a true story. This is a funny true story. Uh, I don't know if I ever told you before, Mike. I, I've told people this before. I don't know if I ever told you this. I once saw. So when back during my working at McDonald's back when I was like a senior in high school, uh, apparently OJ Simpson came by the drive-through. I didn't recognize him. Oh, yeah. the juice. 
Yeah, O.J. Simpson. Who, and I still remember what he ordered. He ordered a McRib meal, a Sprite, and a cheeseburger. And then my coworker, friend of mine, he was like, dude, that was O.J. Simpson. I'm just like, and then when I look, when I think about it, like, wow, it was actually him. I didn't recognize him. Many years have passed by. Yep. <laughs> this is before he got. Yep. He actually went. To. Yeah. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to touch on OJ Simpson. I mean, no, I know. No, I, no, I, know but... I know. I know. Uh, a couple of years ago, he was like on Twitter, uh, trying to do like his quick thoughts, like either pre-game and post-game, uh, just like having little Twitter videos. Um, well, like, again, no, we don't have to go kinda, deep. Okay, it was kind of weird to I just, watch. I just find it funny that I did met OJ. Like, that's like the most famous football player I probably know. I know what's funny. I actually had a dream that I met OJ. And, you uh, had a dream that I, you met OJ? I put on a big fake smile. I'll tell you that. Anyway. Uh, anything else you want to touch on, Robbie? Really quick. Um, did we ham- did we hammer the Dolphins enough today? We have a whole year to hammer them because we're gonna be doing stuff that's going to make us yeah really mad. Yeah, we we didn't we didn't even touch on the fact that they had uh, two offensive coordinators. That we yeah. didn't, we haven't even touched on that. I mean that that could be part of the whole big mess uh, from from last Sunday. You don't know. We three years in Flores's reign, and he still cannot get the op- he cannot get this offensive coordinator. Three years in with four offensive coordinators. You had, you had O'Shea who they fired because apparently his offense was too complicated. You bring in Chad Gailey out of retirement, and Chad Gailey, who, let's 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 be honest, he just. Uh, he was brought in to help out Fitzpatrick, which makes no sense when you should be bringing in a guy who's going to help out your young QB. And it's just it's, nothing ever changes. Mm-hmm. And now, uh, now you have two OCs. Yay! <laughs> Because if one can't do it, you might as well have two do it, which is funny. Because like, like during the off season, Brian Flores didn't want to set a precedent by giving Howard like restructuring like Howard's uh, current deal with a bunch of years on it left. But yeah. yet he doesn't mind setting a precedent by <laughs> giving the team two offensive coordinators, something that no no team like not a lot of teams have done in the past. <laughs> it's just really weird. It's just. Just so hypocritical sometimes. So I mean, hopefully we don't have to bash the Dolphins too much next week. So this is Madman Mike and Robbie T on DolphinsTalk.com signing off. Later, bros. Later, people. You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network.